Well, children, when there is so much racket there, there must be something out of culture. I think that twixt the Negroes of the South and the women at the North, all talking about rights, the white men will be in a pr fix pretty soon. But what's all this here talking about? That man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helps me into carriages or over mud puddles or gives me any best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could ever heed me. And ain't I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man when I could get it and bear the lashes well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most all sold off to slavery. And when I cried out with my mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? Then they talk about this thing in the head. What's this they call it? Intellect. That's it, honey. What's that got to do with women's rights or Negroes' rights? If my cup won't hold but a pint and yours holds a quart, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my little half measure full? Then that little black man in there, he says women can't have as much rights as men because Christ wasn't a woman. Where did your Christ come from? Where did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. And now they ask, now, and now they is asking to do it, the men better let them. Obliged to you from hearing me. And now old Sejona Truth ain't got nothing more to say. Pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man, the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's in the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back the sun of my smile, the right of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, and the need of my care. Because I'm a woman, Phenomenally. Phenomenal woman. That's me. Hey guys, welcome to Sugar Bee Podcast. 
Miami. This is Milliliter. What's up? I know we haven't talked in a long time. Um, it's been kind of a crazy time, huh? Um, thank you guys for joining me today. As always, here I am, Sunday, November 8th. Woke up today on a different vibe. Woke up today just feeling relieved for the first time in a while. Um, Earlier, I shared with you guys um, the Ain't I a Woman speech by Sojourner Truth. That was given back in 1851, okay? If you guys don't know about Sojourner Truth, she was a um, former slave who then um, won her freedom and um, basically she fought for like women's rights she um, fought you know against slavery so um, she was a pretty 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 uh, important woman in our history and then of course phenomenal woman by Maya Angelou which I love that poem it's probably one of my favorite poems of all time because who doesn't love freaking Maya Angelou right but, um, you know, two different sentiments, right, when it comes to women and, um, or not two different sentiments, two different ways of expressing the need for women in this world, the power that women have in this world. And I think that today, um, this week of all weeks, that is so evident for me and in my life. And so I'm super excited to have shared those two things with you guys. Um, please feel free to look more into both women. They were both amazing, strong black women who um, fought for, you know, for their rights and fought for, um, you know, like equality in their own way. So I really definitely encourage you guys again to look into sojourner truth and maya angelum um it's crazy because like i said this is this has been such an important week um it has felt like the longest week ever in what has been the longest year ever and that's kind of crazy to me but finally i think we can say sun on this sunday we have finally passed this level of Jumanji. <laughs> um, we're done, I think, with this part. We're not done with the game, but we are done with this part. Um, and for us down here in Miami, in Florida, you know, we have to immediately deal with, like, this tropical storm, Etta. Um, which is funny, I kept seeing her name, and I'm like, they named the tropical storm ETA, and then I realized... Um, but yeah, um, definitely a lot of different things to talk about. I want to talk about, I want to start with our local elections, right? Miami-Dade. I am so proud and so happy to say that on Tuesday, we were able to elect our first female mayor here in Miami-Dade County. So on November 3rd, Tuesday, we elected our first female mayor of Miami-Dade County, Daniela Levine Cava. I am so excited. 
um especially i'm excited like of course because she's a woman i'm excited about her as um as a mayor because she comes from a very strong nonprofit um you know community organization background and i'm so excited and you know cuz coming from that same background it's really nice to see people who care for the community and who also operate based off of like evidence-based practices <laughs> get into leadership like that is so cool um definitely as i've followed Dan- um, daniela levine kava throughout the years like what i've seen is like she really cares about creating like equity here in miami um and she's all about like of course like government transparency um she's been a commissioner for a few years now so um you know she has like the experience in government work but like i said also like the community organization background and i would like to think she hasn't lost touch with that so i'm very excited i know that i read that one of the first things that she's gonna do when she starts her mayorship i don't even know um, which is in a couple of weeks, is that she's gonna appoint someone to oversee um like COVID. I don't even know what you would call it, like COVID um response here in Miami Dade County. So that should be very interesting. Um because of course the battle here in Miami has been um the lack of consistency um and the battle is is of course with like businesses and individual interests like and i think that's the same across the country right like of course we want to get the economy going but also we want to like protect people from dying <laughs> or protect people from getting sick and help our community and i think that's the hard part um like I said, I think her interest is in helping like the real residents of Miami Dade. And why do I say the real residents, right? It's because okay, Miami has a lot of small businesses, of course. But I think a lot of elected officials here in um Miami Dade tend to cater a lot of businesses and elected officials tend to cater to outside influences what do i mean by that foreign powers foreign business owners foreign real estate owners and real estate developers right and so it's like okay so you're catering to these businesses and to these people that are building up miami beach building up brickle building up downtown Okay, so what about everyone else <laughs> east and west and south of like the city of Miami area essentially? Like we matter too. Like okay, for all those hotels that you're like catering to those bit like you know to them, um yeah, people have to travel out there to go work. Like you know that's what it comes down to. And like I said, of course there's like been a lot of catering to um you know, people also in the hotel and tourism industry, because of course, that's like our biggest 
money maker down here. But it's also not taking into consideration the labor forces that work in that industry and protecting them. So it's a hard thing to balance and to figure out but I re- like like I said I like her focus is on helping people that actually live here a big thing with her is uh, obviously controlling getting co- um covid under control and um housing and climate change which are all very important things for us like um so I'm curious to see how these this plays out and of course we have to continue to stay involved on the local level because that directs us that that affects us directly so i encourage everybody to stay tuned and um like i said keep up with what's happening on the local level now we've got some other things (laughs) that we have been paying attention to also here in florida is um you know we voted yes on raising the minimum wage so people are freaking out people are like oh my god you raised the minimum wage to 15 dollars now every business has to lay off their workers small businesses are just gonna have to lay off everybody and it's like yo my dog chill out did you read the information that basically i think it's i want to say it's next year or the year after that so either in 2021 or 2022 in september so like the end of the year um basically florida is going to commit to first bumping up the minimum wage to ten dollars and then after that the minimum wage will raise each year by a dollar Everyone's like, get ready for $7 (laughs) gallons of milk and all of this crazy stuff and how the cost of living is going up. And it's like, yo, chill. First of all, like, we should be able to have a living wage here in this state and particularly in this city. Like, you would think that more people who live here would... um be happy (laughs) that minimum wage is about to go up because yo minimum wage here in miami you cannot live off of that like it is not physically possible and then of course you hear the the argument about oh yeah so mcdonald's workers are going to be making the same as people who have degrees hey chill out again second you need to put that that like companies need to start paying more competitively here in miami because our cost of living i'm not gonna say it's as much as new york but it's it's close to new york it our cost of living is close to new york dc la to other big metropolitan cities and we do not make nearly as much money as any of these cities, you know, make for any industry on average. So what does that mean? Like they're paying people less here for whatever reason. Right. So that means that companies need to get their crap together and start looking at how they're going to um, provide, you know, competitive pay or competitive benefits for the residents of Miami-Dade. That's what I'm going to say about that. So we definitely have our work cut out for us. 
And then, as you guys know, I, as many others, have probably taken so much heartburn medicine, so many, eaten so many tums, drank so much water, drank so much chamomile tea, (laughs) just to, like, chill out over the suspenseful election week we've just had. Um... This week was kind of wild. Like, it was just, like, a really slow burn as far as, like, finding out who won um, the presidential election. Because, um, of course, it took longer this year than any other year because of the high number of mail-in ballots. And so, you know, like, of course, we were watching Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia... Um, Arizona at one point, and Nevada. Of course, we all know Florida went red, but that's not without saying what goes like, or yeah, that's not without saying Miami-Dade, as always, went blue. So there's that, okay? Um, Another observation. (laughs) It's so funny to me that throughout the week, I saw less and less and less Trump flags and signs around. And it's like, yo, my dogs, don't think we didn't forget your racist asses are out there. Like, we know who you are. Um, so (laughs) this should be interesting, too, moving forward. But, um... But yeah, like it's funny to me that that these people were just so angry about like people's votes getting counted. And of course, Trump has been sowing this seed for the longest time, right? About oh, like the <laughs> these made up numbers of like voter fraud and of course pushing people to go out there and um risk themselves instead of like you know expanding like helping expand mail-in voting as a safe alternative so that people can lower the risk of exposure and you know lower the risks of long lines and all of that um all of that to say right it's like throughout the week it's crazy to see the different instances in different states of like people trying to like thwart like early voting counting and uh or not early voting mail-in ballot counting and it is what it is what i can say after all of this week is that democracy won i know it was like joe biden and kamala harris kamala harris if we're being honest right but at the end of the day like democracy won like a fair and safe and free election is important and, you know, like, like I said, despite all of the efforts by people to suppress voting, we still came out on top. Like, we still showed, you know, that our voices matter. And it's crazy to me because to see a state like Pennsylvania that we, we were behind and then we came out on top. Um, Georgia, like, so proud of Georgia, so happy, you know, that Georgia flipped blue, which is crazy in itself, 
And of course, as we've seen online, a lot of this has to do with Stacey Abrams and, you know, her efforts to promote fair, free, safe elections. Because, of course, we all know she should have been governor. It was stolen from her. And because of the 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 mass voter suppression that there is in Georgia. And so she works tirelessly, I want to say in the past two years, to really promote voter registration, voter drives, um, voter information for the people of Georgia. So I'm super proud of Georgia, our neighbors to the north. I'm really excited. I hope this fires people up. I hope this encourages people to stay involved. Um, I think... This whole, you know, MAGA um, experience, I think it has shown us what can happen when there is too much complacency. And so I, I really hope that people like realize the importance of staying involved and exercising, you know, our democratic rights and duties. Um because at the end of the day, it's up to us. We have a voice. And it's crazy because I was talking to my mom the other day and she, as many other people, so many other people, was so disheartened. She wasn't even sure, like, you know, if she was going to vote and all of that. And I think a lot of us go through that feeling like it doesn't even matter. Like this system is too big. It's too much. Like, so why should I throw away my vote? But then I was talking to her about um, the the Netflix series. I think it's Dirty Money. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to watch it. It's about basically just different financial scandals throughout time, and I think a lot like I think they're they're mostly like um, pretty contemporary financial scandals. So like things that happened fairly recently that would be in our you know recent memory. Um, so each episode, they just go into different financial scandals. And when I first started watching the show, I got super discouraged because I was like, yo, it's too much. The money is way too much. Like, like we are powerless. But then I realized as I kept watching the show, the moral of the story in the show is that one person can make a huge difference. And when we unite together, we can make huge differences. We can move mountains. Why do I say that? Because in every episode, you see um, people who are committed, who are tenacious, and um, they just keep working against, you know, these huge companies but because of their tenacity, because of their ability to organize, because of their dedication to, like, you know, the truth and doing the right thing and integrity, they're able to, like, bring some of these corporations, like, on down on their knees. And I think that that is very inspiring. Like, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see, like, normal people like you and me, like, that are able to do these things. And so I think um, it's important to remember that, especially in like a in 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 a democracy, like we can make a difference. So 
I'm going to get off that soapbox. <laughs> Just remember, keep voting. Remember your local elections. Pay attention. Do your research. You guys know I always say do your research. Um, you know, look at your sources. Look for reliable sources in your elections. Um, I, like I said at, in the beginning, I woke up today with like this huge like weight off my shoulders, right? Because we were waiting, we were waiting, and it was looking good, right? I think every, I think what, Joe Biden um, already had more than, had more electoral votes, I think, ever since Wednesday. And he was, and it from what I was looking at, the states where he was leading, if he won those states, of course, he was going to win the presidency, but I think everybody has just been, like, cautiously optimistic. Like, no one wanted to celebrate. No one wanted to jump the gun. No one wanted to to start getting excited about um Joe Biden and Kamala winning. And then there was, like, some weird reverse card or one of the states flipped. And so, you know, we've been waiting very patiently. Um, I'm disappointed in the people who were very upset about the votes being counted but whatever um it is what it is but um I think we all all have that moment like where were you when you heard (laughs) that you know that Biden and Kamala won I was at you know my supervisor's home we decided to our team decided to celebrate um, Thanksgiving early by doing, you know, like a social distanced um, Thanksgiving. And we were just like, we had been talking all week, like, okay, we're either going to drink to celebrate or we're going to drink and commiserate together on Saturday. So I was over there and I don't know what why I was like, let me check the election results. Because like I said, like everybody else, I've been... Yo, I've been waking up at, like, you know, in the middle of the night, like, oh, let me check these election results and nothing yet. And, you know, Nevada was still, like, only reporting, like, 84% or whatever. (laughs) But then finally yesterday, I saw that he had, um, he had, like, 284 electoral votes. And I was like, guys, I don't want to alarm anybody. But I think just Biden just won. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And so I started checking other news outlets and they called it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, interesting enough. So I so where so where my supervisors live, it's like very close to like the little Havana area, mostly Cuban area. And. Like I said, I expected to see like a lot of Trumpism out there, and no, everybody was really quiet. And then when I heard, um, what like a few minutes after like Biden, like the race was called for Biden, I heard some honking and stuff. Um, so that so everybody was celebrating. It's very interesting to me. I did see one person yesterday who had, like, Trump stuff. And it was, like, a guy that was, like, our age. And he was driving... He had a big Trump flag and a big American flag and, like, his MAGA hat. 
and he was driving very slowly like for people to see him and it was just strange i was like okay weird um i saw like a hilarious meme where they were just like yeah um (laughs) are you gonna put your flag at half mast today (laughs) and i'm like oh my god um which brings me to my question here in Miami, I saw a lot of Trump flags and a lot of American flags on flagpoles. And I'm like, who is the flagpole person here in Miami? Like, how do you just get a flagpole, like a legit flagpole, like installed at your home? I'm just asking for a friend. Like, I'm super curious how much it costs to get a flagpole installed. And, like, what's the hurricane situation with flagpoles? Like, I have so many questions. So, um, if you own a flagpole at your home, whether it's here in Miami or anywhere else, please reach out to me. I want to know what's up with flagpoles. The flags are up. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so it was really exciting. You know, of course, you know, like we're texting and calling everybody like, hey, did you hear? Hey, did you see? And then, of course, there were still different numbers being thrown out. You know, like people were like, oh, but I see 273. I'm like, but either way, he won with 273. So people saw 284. I think um, so right as of right now, I'll tell you guys what the number is. Um, because of course we're still waiting, we're actually still waiting for more votes to be counted, but with the state right now, we're still waiting for Georgia and North Carolina to submit their final votes and, or submit their final numbers. And they're at both at 99% reporting right now. Joe Biden is at 290, my dogs, (laughs) 290. 290 and all he needed was 270 to win and that is so freaking delicious to me like (laughs) i i just i just um yeah that is delicious to me because it's like para rematar ni eran los 270 sino los 290 para que no hubiera duda okay like there is no doubt no doubt you know, and so I think that is pretty great. Um, and also the other thing that I'm like super loving is that Joe Biden also won the popular vote. Like I said, but, but you know, to come back, so there was no doubt, no doubt he won the popular vote. So I love that, you know, we kind of have like no doubt. Um, Because, you know, as we always know, the popular vote is always an issue versus the electoral college. So I love that he won both because it's kind of like cementing in the win. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the victory speeches, but they're beautiful. I love it. Um... You know, like I said, um, I was listening to them with like I couldn't even listen to them yesterday just because I couldn't like I couldn't absorb <laughs> the information. But like I said, I woke up this morning like with almost the same feeling I had that when Obama won, right? Like that feeling of like relief, that feeling of hope. 
and so um you know i decided i was like you know what i'm feeling good let's watch these victory speeches and you guys know i cry for everything so i cried um one (laughs) kamala kamala walking out to mary j blige is the best thing ever beautiful song choice whoever the aide was that suggested this song great good on you okay um her speech was just beautiful you know and um to me she reminds me a lot of like obama like right um and i mean she is something to be proud of she's the first woman vice president we've got a veep in the house um and she's the first woman she's the first person she's the first person of black and south asian descent to be vice president as well she's the daughter of an immigrant like these are like huge things for us um because at least for me it's crazy that we have we made history like with obama being the first black president and then kamala being the first black and south asian um you know president here in the united states like to me it's crazy that this happened so close to each other and so um i'm really excited about that and you know no candidate this goes for kamala and for joe biden as well no candidate is without fault no candidate is perfect they certainly have things to answer for and so we have to you know keep them accountable so kamala's speech was great i like i said she made me cry um she hit some very beautiful emotional points um really random thing about kamala so i had read like not this past week but the week before that her ancestral village in india they were doing prayers for her and i thought that was so beautiful like oh my god like that kind of love and that energy is something i don't think we have felt from a candidate or a political figure (laughs) in the past four years or six years however long you want to count it right and so like i'm really excited about this um it's funny because when biden first picked kamala you know, they're, you know, Fox, they always got their little conspiracy theories and they're like, oh, the liberals just want, you know, Kamala to be VP in case Joe Biden dies. She'll stay as president. And we're all just like, hey, that's not, that's actually not a bad plan. Not wishing death on anybody, but just saying if it happens, I ain't mad if that's how that ends up. Um, so, you know, like that that is that was kind of like hilarious to me, but I am so proud, like I said, you know, my vice president is black, my Lambo is blue vibes for sure. Um my vice president is black, my Lambo is blue, Jeezy said it. And bro, I've been conjuring up the powers of Jeezy since you know, election season started. I've been like on this shit. But I'm definitely super excited um about what's to come. 
I think, like I said, an important thing is to remember is that we can't get complacent. We have to keep our foot on the gas. Like, we have to, you know, continue with the pressure. We have to hold all of our elected officials accountable. Um, we have to reach out with the reach out to them. We have to let them know. We have to pressure these people to do something about like some more coronavirus aid. That means reaching out to your local elected officials, to your Congress people. Um, when is Marco Rubio up for re-election? Like, because we need to get him out. This is ridiculous. Marco Rubio re-election year. Because we, he is such a, God, look, I don't know, okay, I think, my mom also told me about, like, some video (laughs) that she saw of Marco Rubio, like, when they announced the election results, that he, like, got off the Trump bus or something weird like that, and I'm like, that's hilarious, and I need to find this video. Um, okay, so apparently Marco Rubio is up for re-election in 2022. So we've got, what, like a year and a half to figure out how we're going to do that. So I hope someone steps up to run against him because we cannot have this man. When does Rick Scott have to go up for re-election? Like... Because I, I know for me, like, I always say I need to get a little bit more involved. I will be very involved in getting, trying to get these people out. Because I am so done with them. Okay. Dang, Rick Scott is up for re-election in 2024. Okay, so we've got a little bit more time for that. Um. Yeah, that was Bill Nelson. I remember that. So okay, so but Marco Rubio is coming up next. So we need to get this man out. I am done with him. I am so hashtag done. So hashtag done. Um, as far as like you know, Florida people, I'm also very interesting to see what Ma- Maria Elvira, um, Salazar does. It's, I'm surprised that Donna Shalala lost against this lady. Um, so let's see how that goes. We all, like I said, we need to keep all of these people like super accountable. And we need to do it and we need to be consistent when it comes to everything. Climate change, police brutality, you know, affordable housing, coronavirus. Like, we need to continue to work within the democratic process to get things done. Um, like I said, I am, I by no means think that this is done. <laughs> we are just getting started. And especially because of how, uh, because of Joe Biden's and Kamala Harris's um, individual voting records and what they've done in the past that they now have to like, you know, kind of um, not make up for it, but they have to like rectify for how it contributed to like racial inequalities here 
in the country, we have to keep them super accountable. Like we have to make sure that they answer to us for those things. And so, like I said, no one candidate is perfect. No one candidate is going to get it all right. But we have to keep them accountable and let them know, you know, what they did wrong. Um, we have, I, like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with health care reform. Um, I mean, there's so many with immigration, like, there's so many things that need to be worked on. Because really, Trump, what he did was just roll back everything Obama did. I don't think Biden is going to roll back everything back to exactly how Obama did it. Because like I said, no one is perfect. But I think definitely there's, um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And he's very experienced. And so I think he's going to have the ability to look back, see what kind of reforms he would have implemented with like the Obama era stuff and improve upon it. And like I said, with the American people... Keeping them accountable, I I hope we can make some type of progress, you know, for everybody so that everybody can have, like, a good quality of life. Not just if you're a business owner, not just if you're a landowner, rich white male landowner, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I, and then I also think... Because, you know, everybody's like, okay, now we need to heal. And, of course, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Trump, what he did was divided. No, he did not divide this country. This country was already divided. Just like, you know, with white people who believe like, oh, all of these things that we didn't know about, about police brutality and systemic racism and all of that stuff. No, that was always there. You just chose not to acknowledge it or look at it. You know, like, this is, like, the, uh, like, what we have seen is just, like, the revelation of, like, the ugly underbelly, the ugly, seedy underbelly of America. So now we have the opportunity to make things right and not just slap a Band-Aid on it, but actually work towards some type of actual, you know... Um, healing, real healing. Because if we don't recognize what's wrong, if we don't acknowledge what's wrong in the first place, we will never be able to heal and move forward. So here's to that. Um, it's been a wild ride this election season. I'm it, so far, Trump has not given a concession speech. And it doesn't look like he will. I know that I read that Jared Kushner, his beloved son-in-law, <laughs> kind of approached him like, hey, so are you going to concede? But it doesn't look like it. They don't think he will, which is what we expected. Um, he never committed to like a peaceful, smooth um, transition of power. So I guess... Uh, we have that to keep an eye on. Um, I'm very curious to see what's he's gonna what <laughs> we know he's not gonna do a concession speech, but I wanna know what is gonna be the first thing he tweets. I haven't seen if he's tweeted anything. 
I'm sure someone probably took his phone away, right? Like, or they gave him, they, they <laughs> or they either took his phone away, or they did like Ryan in the office, where, like, you remember that, like, um, Creed wanted to post, like, his, his, like, wanted to blog, basically, and so Ryan just opened up a word page, and it was, like, creedthoughts.gov or something like that, and so, um, <laughs> and then Creed thought he was putting stuff on the internet, and it was just really into, like, a word document, I, I'm pretty sure they kind of, like, try to do something like that, <laughs> something like that so um that should be I'm sure that's what it is so I'm very curious to see what it is he's gonna say um like I said things are just um things are just starting with now we've got this next thing um, and then we, I, I don't know. I'm curious to say what he's going to say between now and January 20th. Um, you know, the MAGA sentiment will not go away. It will probably get stronger, but that means that we just have to like hold steadfast for, and do what's right. And just, you know, work based off of virtuosity and integrity and doing what's right for like, you know, the people like I said I don't think we should expect that any of this will go away for any time in foreseeable history like it'll take a long time for this to kind of like be eradicated because this is something that's been bubbling up for years bubbling up to the surface so I'm curious to see what's gonna happen um let me get let me know you guys what you think is gonna happen in the next couple of months. Um, I don't think we're going to get any coronavirus aid because Trump essentially said that, like he was going to hold coronavirus aid hostage. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Again, you guys, I'm so proud, you know, of our democracy. I'm so proud of everyone who went out there to vote and who, and who, exercise their right to vote, who did mail-in voting, who did early voting. Like I said, our local stuff, we still have to definitely keep an eye on. I know for me, I want to be more involved on the local level too. So, um, because I want all of us here in Miami, like it shouldn't just be the people who own hotels and, you know, tourism things who can like live good here in Miami. Like we should all be able to live good you know what I mean? Like, we should be able to make our Miami Vice dreams come true, too. So, <laughs> um, all I can say is we have many things to be thankful for, you know, this year. It's been a hard year, but now we have a couple things or a few things to be thankful for. And hopefully many more will come. Stay safe, you guys. Remember to keep social distancing washing your hands, disinfecting, wearing your mask. Um and yeah, we 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 out here. We out here, we out here. Okay. We will keep working hard.
to ensure that we have some type of, you know, actual um, decency and good quality of life for people in this city, in this county, in this country. Thank you, guys. Stay safe. God bless. But yeah, thank you guys for coming out. Stay safe. God bless. Yeah, be the realest shit I never wrote. I ain't writing this shit by the way, nigga. Some real shit right here, nigga.